Unless otherwise indicated, all scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible. New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188. All rights reserved. Well, hello there, and welcome to Bible in a Year with Bill. Today is August 7th. We're on day 219 of our journey through the Word this year. Today, Zephaniah, going to read that whole book of Zephaniah, chapters 1 to 3, and then we're going to finish off today's reading with John chapter 9. So let's get right into it. Zephaniah, chapter 1. The Lord gave this message to Zephaniah when Josiah, son of Ammon, was king of Judah. Zephaniah was the son of Cushi, son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah. I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, says the Lord. I will sweep away people and animals alike. I will sweep away the birds of the sky and the fish in the sea. I will reduce the wicked to heaps of rubble, and I will wipe humanity from the face of the earth, says the Lord. I will crush Judah and Jerusalem with my fist and destroy every last trace of their Baal worship. I will put an end to all the idolatrous priests so that even the memory of them will disappear. For they go up to their roofs and bow down to the sun, moon, and stars. They claim to follow the Lord, but then they worship Molech too. And I will destroy those who used to worship me but now no longer do. They no longer ask for the Lord's guidance or seek my blessings." Stand in silence in the presence of the Sovereign Lord, for the awesome day of the Lord's judgment is near. The Lord has prepared His people for a great slaughter and has chosen their executioners. On that day of judgment, says the Lord, I will punish the leaders and princes of Judah and all those following pagan customs. Yes, I will punish those who participate in pagan worship ceremonies and those who fill their masters' houses with violence and deceit. On that day, says the Lord, a cry of alarm will come from the fish gate and echo throughout the new quarter of the city, and a great crash will sound from the hills. Wail in sorrow, all you, live in, all you who live in the market area, for all the merchants and traders will be destroyed. I will search with lanterns in Jerusalem's darkest corners to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. They think the Lord will do nothing to them, either good or bad. So their property will be plundered, their homes will be ransacked, they will build new homes but never live in them, they will plant vineyards but never drink wine from them. That terrible day of the Lord is near, swiftly it comes, a day of bitter tears, a day when even strong men will cry out. It will be a day when the Lord's anger is poured out, a day of terrible distress and anguish, a day of ruin and desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet calls and battle cries. Down go the walled cities and the strongest battlements. Because you have sinned against the Lord, I will make you grope around like the blind. Your blood will be poured into the dust and your bodies will lie rotting on the ground. Your silver and gold will not save you on that day of the Lord's anger, for the whole land will be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. He will make a terrifying end of all the people on earth. Zephaniah, chapter 2. Gather together, yes, gather together, you shameless nation. Gather before judgment begins, before your time to repent is blown away like chaff. 
Act now before the fierce fury of the Lord falls and the terrible day of the Lord's anger begins. Seek the Lord all who are humble and follow his commands. Seek to do what is right and to live humbly. Perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you, protect you from his anger on that day of destruction. Gaza and Ashkelon will be abandoned, Ashdod and Ekron torn down, and what sorrow awaits you Philistines who live along the coast and in the land of Canaan, for this judgment is against you too. The Lord will destroy you until not one of you is left. The Philistine coast will become a wilderness pasture, a place of shepherd camps and enclosures for sheep and goats. The remnant of the tribe of Judah will pasture there. They will rest at night in the abandoned houses in Ashkelon. For the Lord their God will visit his people in kindness and restore their prosperity again. I have heard the taunts of the Moabites and the insults of the Ammonites mocking my people and invading their borders. Now as surely as I live, says the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, Moab and Ammon will be destroyed, destroyed as completely as Sodom and Gomorrah. Their land will become a place of stinging nettles, salt pits, and eternal desolation. The remnant of my people will plunder them and take their land. They will receive the wages of their pride, for they have scoffed at the people of the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord will terrify them as he destroys all the gods in the land. Then nations around the world will worship the Lord, each in their own land. You Ethiopians will also be slaughtered by my sword, says the Lord, and the Lord will strike the lands of the north with his fist, destroying the land of Assyria. He will make its great capital Nineveh, a desolate wasteland, parched like a desert. The proud city will become a pasture for flocks and herds, and all sorts of wild animals will settle there. The desert owl and screech owl will roost on its ruined columns, their calls echoing through the gaping windows. Rubble will block all the doorways, and the cedar paneling will be exposed to the weather. This is the boisterous city, once so secure. I am the greatest, it boasted. No other city can compare with me. But now look how is it. it has become an utter ruin, a haven for wild animals. Everyone passing by will laugh in derision and shake a defiant fist. Zephaniah, chapter 3. What sorrow awaits rebellious, polluted Jerusalem, the city of violence and crime? No one can tell it anything. It refuses all correction. It does not trust in the Lord or draw near to its God. Its leaders are like roaring lions hunting for their victims. Its judges are like ravenous wolves at evening time who, are, who by dawn have left no trace of their prey. Its prophets are arrogant liars seeking their own gain. Its priests defile the temple by disobeying God's instructions. But the Lord is still there in the city, and he does no wrong. Day by day he hands down justice, and he does not fail. But the wicked know no shame. I have wiped out many nations, devastating their fortress walls and towers. Their streets are now deserted. Their cities lie in silent ruin. There are no survivors, none at all. I thought, surely they will have reverence for me now. Surely they will listen to my warnings. Then I won't need to strike again, destroying their homes. But no, they get up early to continue their evil deeds. Therefore be patient, says the Lord. Soon I will stand and accuse these evil nations, for I have decided to gather the kingdoms of the earth and pour out my fiercest anger, or my fiercest <laughs> anger and fury on them. All the earth will be devoured by the fire of my jealousy. Then I will purify the speech of all people, so that everyone can worship the Lord together. My scattered people who live beyond the rivers of Ethiopia will come to present their offerings. 
On that day you will no longer need to be ashamed, for you will no longer be rebels against me. I will remove all proud and arrogant people from among you. There will be no more haughtiness on my holy mountain. Those who are left will be the lowly and humble, for it is they who trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will never tell lies or deceive one another. They will eat and sleep in safety, and no one will make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, for the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. At last your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. On that day the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion, don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals. You will be disgraced no more. And I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and helpless ones. I will bring together those who are chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day I will gather you together and bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction, among all the nations of the earth, as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. John, chapter 9 As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sin or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I am the same one. They asked, Who healed you? What happened? He told them, The man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now? They asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about him, all about it so he told them he put the mud over my eyes and when i washed it away i could see some of the pharisees said this man jesus is not from god for he is working on the sabbath others said but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs so there was a deep division of opinion among them then the pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded what's your opinion about this man who healed you the man replied i think he must be a prophet the Jewish leader still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see, so they called in his parents. They asked him, Is your son is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he see now? His parents replied, We know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. 
His parents said that this said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, He is old enough, ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are the disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, he replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. Thank you for your word. You know, I found this awesome summary of the book of Zephaniah by Daniel Hoffman. Zephaniah, son of Cushy, wastes no time getting down to business. In the second verse of his prophetic tract, we read the following, I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, says the Lord. The obscure Zephaniah features no seraphim-filled call narratives like Isaiah. Zephaniah has no pithy nickname like Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. We have no memorable biographical details like being swallowed by a whale or marrying a prostitute. Zephaniah, Zephaniah does not even have a verse to feature on Christmas cards like Micah, who tells us about the coming king from Bethlehem. Zephaniah simply has three chapters of old-fashioned prophetic zeal. What Zephaniah does do is show us that the Lord makes a distinction between those who are his people and those who are not, as he did when the angel of death moved through Egypt. And he shows that God's intention is the ultimate peace and prosperity of those who are his. Zephaniah teaches us that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you can make it past the opening threats, there is much comfort to be found in this wonderful, wonderful book of Zephaniah. Thanks for joining me. I hope to see you all tomorrow. Take care now.